Hi, I'm Deirdre Veldon and this is Confronting Coronavirus, a daily podcast on the COVID-19 outbreak. Lots of people are to be seen wearing face masks or coverings at the moment. Taoiseach Leavaradkar said at the end of last month the government was reconsidering its advice on face masks and coverings. Several EU countries have made mask wearing mandatory, despite WHO guidance that priority needs to be given to ensuring there is an adequate supply of higher grade face masks for health workers. We're concerned that the mass use of medical masks by the general population could exacerbate the shortage of these specialized masks for the people who need them most. Meanwhile, the Minister for Health said he did not envisage the wearing of face masks to be made mandatory in Ireland. And Chief Medical Officer Tony Hullohan has signalled that the use of face coverings will come into play as physical distancing restrictions are eased. Irish Times Science Editor Kevin O'Sullivan and Health Editor Paul Cullen outline the respective arguments for and against the use of face coverings. First, Kevin O'Sullivan. Kevin, we seem to be having this discussion about face masks since the crisis began, more or less. Why do we not appear to be able to come to a a firm view on it? Well, I think the problem is that the science has shifted. Um, It was very clear initially that there was nothing to suggest that you should wear face masks. And um, gradually over the last two months, there's more evidence suggesting that you should, particularly if you're in public, um, out and about, not necessarily in a healthcare setting. Now, the problem is compounded because scientists are are not at one on this. But uh, I think if you applied what's known as the precautionary principle, you would definitely endorse the wearing of masks by the general public. I stress not medical grade masks, basic cloth masks. And Initially, they said, okay, it it was an act of solidarity. Now the science is saying you would prevent the spread to others. But now there's even more science saying that, you know, you're going to protect yourself by wearing a cloth mask if you're going out and about. So we're seeing new research uh, just this week coming from the US showing that adopting face masks could have a big impact on mortality rates overall. Yeah, that's that's been a really big shift, actually, I think. And... uh, now, there, there's some, these are small studies, but they're very significant. And I think, um, you know, the countries where they have masks de- deployed, in other words, as a recommendation, um, they, there's, there's some evidence that they're seeing lower death rates and lower cases. And then in Asia, where it's more common to wear a mask because they have to deal with epidemics on a regular basis, it's routine. And again, there seems to be some benefit there. So I think the the advice has definitely shifted, and I think at this on this side of the Atlantic, uh, uh, an article in the BMJ about a month ago really changed scientists' thinking on that. They said it's not you know it's the right thing to do. They, they sense, but the evidence is now more clear cut, and in particular, one of the key people involved there was a professor from Oxford University by the name of Tricia Greenhag. And she, she really said, look, you know, on weighing up the evidence, we should be wearing masks in public. And again, since then, there's been more evidence. And that evidence from the University of Arizona is, is, is more conclusive. So you could see uh, the case has gotten much stronger. Now, again, the problem is 
for example, a report in Britain out yesterday uh, by eminent scientists recommended the wearing of face masks. These were a group within the Royal Society, but the British public health establishment has reservations about that. So you can see where the conflict is. In Ireland, the advice is you'd probably be asked to wear them if you're out shopping or on public transport. That's you know pretty vague in my view. I think we need clarity because I think it will become the new norm. So we're in the territory here, Kevin, of homemade masks, right? And there is a, a line of thinking which says that cloth, cloth masks are thought to be uh, you know, less effective and they're more uh, likely to be worn incorrectly. Yeah, that was the initial viewpoint. But I, I would contend people are, in, are intelligent. They can multitask. You tell them you must wear them carefully. You must take, put them on carefully, take them off carefully. You can't overuse them. You can't be pulling them up and down over your face all the time. They will adopt the, the, the right protocols. Uh, so I, I think you know that advice is pertinent and it, it will reduce cases and it will allow the economy to open up. But um, it's just to stress that you know there's fears that this would would sort of prompt a rush to, to buy medical grade masks, and I think that's that's behind the reluctance in Ireland to, to recommend it. And I think the World Health Organization has been, has been more reserved on it. It's it, it announced a review about three weeks ago and hasn't uh, announced what the outcome of that has been. But I think it's very clear that if you build or make a very basic mask, it can have, have a beneficial effect. Now, it's very interesting, you know, how you can do it. It can be as basic as just flo- folding a scarf and using two elastic bands. But I think, you know, if you, if you go about getting the right material, it can have a substantial benefit, not just for yourself, but in preventing uh, transmission to others in case you might have what's known as asymptomatic uh, COVID. In other words, you actually have the bug and you, you don't know you have it. Um, and, and the trouble is that in the initial few days, you could actually have a very high viral load. So again, this reinforces the benefit of wearing a mask. Is there not a risk that people will be out in public thinking that they don't have to observe uh, some of the other aspects of the, the, the medical advice, re- physical distancing and so on? Yeah, that's one of the fears among among medical experts. But I, again, go back to my earlier point. I think people, if you give them the proper guidance and there's clarity, they will take on board that they have to do a range of measures. And the benefits for them are they going to be allowed to go out and circulate more. But equally, you know, physical distancing will be really important. And then in the new regime, fast testing, fast tracing of contacts, and the use of app technology we will all all be important. But I would contend wearing a cloth mask in such circumstances will be one of the key actions. And again, with the right kind of advice, people will wear them properly. They won't, you know, they won't abuse uh, the wearing of a mask uh, by doing it incorrectly or just saying now now I'm protected. They know there's other things they have to do. In recent weeks, you have taken to both making and wearing um, homemade face masks yourself. Uh, what have you learned in that process? Well, I have to say it's it's my daughter Heather rather than me that's gone into production. But it's amazing. It's an amazing experiment. She's made twenty five cloth masks now, and um, I've been trying them out. And I haven't been wearing it all the time in public, but I'm I'm I've been sort of seeing what it's like. And it does take some adjustment in terms of wearing them and wearing them the, the proper way. But clearly, uh, you know, they say cotton is, is a good option, but 
light cotton from a t-shirt is not really the best thing. You need a more substantial, robust material. You do need, you do need two layers. Uh, you do need, you know, to make sure it's comfortable on your face. And that, you, so therefore, you know, you have to adjust it for each individual. But it's surprisingly quick how you can adjust and, and get used to it. And I think, you know, the more we know that we have to do this, the more we get prepared for it. In other words, that we will source masks or we will make them ourselves and, and they're going to be fine. They're going to you know, perform a role and, and, and be part of the action that will be required in, in curbing COVID or, or preventing another surge in it, which would be a dreadful thing, which might require another lockdown. So it's just one of a series of actions, but it's very interesting to see that, uh, that you know, there are designs in terms of how you make it online, which are very easily adapted. Um, but uh, so I think it can be made, it can be made quite easily, uh, but it does take time. So therefore, I think, you know, the Irish health authorities would be well advised to say, look, you know, we're going to ease lockdown over the next few months. You know, you, you will need a supply of masks. You can't wear the same mask all, all the time. You, you know, and this is how you go about it. So there are issues then around if you can't make them yourselves, where you get them, and hopefully people won't be overcharged for them. But I think, you know, th there's a whole new industry, going to, a home industry going to emerge from that. And, uh, and it will be to everyone's benefit. Thanks a million, Kevin. Now, Paul Cullen. Paul, we're seeing new research now saying that we should be wearing masks. So why don't we just wear them? I think the, the um, evidence base has changed in recent weeks as this crisis has developed. And we are learning new things about the virus and new things about the way we might protect ourselves from the virus. But I don't think we've reached the point where we could say that the evidence is conclusive in favour of wearing masks in the community or even that it is proven to any large degree. And that gives me some concern. I, I admit to, let, let, let me lay my cards on the table here. I mean, I'm instinctively, as a human, I'm uneasy with people wearing masks. You can't see facial expressions. It it puts more distance between us. So I, for myself and other people who are maybe of the same view, we have to get over that sort of resistance to it. But I have to say, when you look at the evidence, when you look at what the WHO is still telling us, um, what studies there are, are limited. Um, even the newer ones are based on very small samples or based on modeling exercises. Um, many are uh, yet to be properly published or peer-reviewed. Now, I'm not saying that, that they are all reasons for not going ahead with a change in policy, but they should give us caution. And I think there are uh, good reasons to be uh, put forward um, against wearing of masks. And we also need to look more closely against what the proposition is. Uh, you know, is the wearing of masks to be compulsory or optional? Is it to be in all circumstances or in certain prescribed circumstances? Um, what masks are we talking about? What level of protection are provided by uh, the masks that we want people to wear? And also, what are we thinking of? Are we thinking that we're pro protecting the wearer or protecting the people around the wearer? And I think um, there are lots of things there to consider. I'm sorry, people talk about mixed messages, but there are mixed messages there and there will continue to be so for some time.
The National Public Health Emergency Team has been quite decisive and clear on most issues uh, relating to coronavirus so far. So why do you believe it has failed to outline a clear position on face masks up to now? Well, it has uh, described a clear position in the negative. That's a clear position. That may not satisfy some in the medical community or in, in the broader community, but they, uh, I understand the position that the, the team has taken. They've taken their cue and we praise them for this, for, for following what the WHO and the European Centre for Disease Control have said. And by and large, those bodies, although ECDC has changed its position somewhat, by and large, those, position, those bodies have been conservative on the wider uh, use of face masks. Things are changing. Um, and the, uh, of course, you have to say that the, the debate is complicated by supply issues. There's no getting around this. Um, we, we, we will never have enough masks to um, supply the needs of the health service, really. It's just enormous, the number of changes of protective equipment that is required in, in high risk clinical situations. And it's taken a while for as uh, supply chains and, and manufacturing to get up to this uh, situation where we can supply sufficiently and even then the situation is precarious enough and it's very difficult in countries uh, which are poorer than Ireland. So perhaps the, the debate has been somewhat complicated by that and there has to be a recognition that what high-grade masks, health-grade masks there are should be going for use in the right place. That's the morally correct thing to do, and it's also the most efficient use of limited supply. So that leaves us then with uh, two other scenarios that may develop. One is where we have a safe and secure supply of all types of masks, and therefore we do not need to worry that by giving out masks to the public, we're depriving healthcare workers of that supply. Um, the second is, and it's been referred to by NEFED, is that we adopt the use of face coverings instead of masks. In other words, we we ask people to cover their faces, be it with homemade masks or scarves or whatever, and therefore we're not endangering the supply of health-grade masks. But I think that's a very important thing, that we do not endanger the supply. And I can understand the caution of international and national health bodies on that score. Face masks have been cited as being of use in the prevention of asymptomatic transmission, though, haven't they? Yeah, I think that's the the strongest point that's been made in, in, in the last few months. As you know, we've learned a, a bit more about the uh, way this virus behaves and concern has been rising hugely um, from studies that show that asymptomatic or pre-symptomatic uh, transmission is very significant. Uh, obviously, that means that people may be walking around with the virus capable of transmitting it, although Again, we're not exactly sure to what extent. There have been studies, but they're limited enough. But anyway, they could, there are probably people out there today who are walking around with the virus. They don't know that they could harm other people. And the argument goes that wearing a mask uh, may help for, with that. And in fact, that's the more significant benefit of a mask, that uh, they will stop an infected person um, infecting others rather than protecting the person who's wearing the mask. I think that's where the significance, if there is any, lies in the mask. So, I mean, it has to be acknowledged that that is a, a, a huge worry. And, um, you know, there are other areas of uh, the way we operate health systems, for example, to do with uh, ventilation and so on, that we'll have to be re-examining because of this. Um, but I don't think, uh, you know, that is a justification for 
say, compulsory mask wearing in all, in all situations? Can we not just take the approach that even if we are all to wear homemade face coverings of one sort or another, is it not the case that something is better than nothing? Yeah, I can understand that argument. What's the harm in it? Um, but the problem is that over the years before this crisis, the downsides of wearing face masks in, in epidemics have been pointed out. And that's what the WHO has pointed to repeatedly um, from fiddling with masks from inadequate coverage and leakage from masks and for perhaps from also a, a level of complacency that would lead the mask wearer to uh, think that social distancing is, and uh, even hand washing is not as important as it should be. So there are downsides to uh, wearing masks. I can see how there might be a marginal benefit from wearing, pulling a scarf over your face. Um, I can also see, I think there are other factors you have to consider here. First of all, is the virus present in the community in, in a substantial degree? And of course, we don't know that because we haven't done population uh, testing. So, um, and what are the scenarios where the most protection might be afforded? So you think about mass transit systems, the New York subway or something like that, and you think, yes, it makes sense there. Uh, and we think about our own uh, Lewis or Dart or something, and you can see how there might be some sense there. But when I see people on bicycles or people driving cars or people uh, walking their dogs in parks wearing masks, I'm thinking there is such a small benefit to be had from that. Uh, I just don't think it makes very much sense. Face masks are quite hard to wear and and people might be better off getting used to wearing them now rather than when they have to adopt them en masse uh, later. And, and that may well be the case in the coming weeks. Is that not the case? Yeah, I suppose so. And maybe the, the best thing somebody like me should do is go out and buy a mask and, and uh, wear one. I was going to do that sometime in the past, but I felt... When I saw masks being sold at exploitative prices in shops, I felt um, by buying those, you were you were depriving healthcare workers of, of an essential supply. And I thought it was immoral that they were for sale like that. Perhaps that situation has eased. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, clearly what's going to happen is that NEFIT will issue guidance. Uh, it, they've indicated that masks may be uh, required for uh, shopping in large retail outlets and on public transport. They haven't said whether it's going to be compulsory or uh, optional, but uh, the studies that have been referred to um, do indicate that a high level of uptake is needed to uh, show any benefit. Thanks, Paul. My thanks to Suzanne Brennan, who produced today's podcast, and thanks for listening. Stay up to date with the latest developments at irishtimes.com. We'll be back on Monday.